What's happening, everybody? This is the Daily FOE back for another episode of the Football Forecast brought to you by the FOE Podcast. This week, we do have some new stuff for you. It's week eight now, and we're going to go over our body splits, talking about the things that we like and we don't like about our teams. And, of course, we talk about the big signing of Antonio Brown to the Buccaneers, and we see what that means for that franchise. So here we go. All right, guys, and once again, I am back with Josh and Petty God. And to start off, we're going to talk about the signing of Antonio Brown and what it means for the Buccaneers and Tom Brady moving forward. So, Josh, you want to start it off? Uh, to me, to me, the signing of AB, that puts, that puts Tampa Bay above New Orleans in my NFC rankings. Um, I think last week I had them tied with the Saints for number three. At this point, after seeing Brady score five touchdowns last week, uh, I don't want to say it, but a little part of me is starting to become a believer. I'm not, I'm not like Jason heavy on Tom Brady, but you know, maybe, maybe he does have a little more in the tank than I thought. Okay. The man did. They they did say he wanted to play three more years. I kind of figured this was gonna happen. Yeah, definitely. Um, he... now go ahead, Josh. I was just gonna say that. Um, at this point, having said that, we already saw last year he had chemistry with Antonio Brown, even though they only played one game together. But they looked, and it was against the Dolphins too. But they looked really in sync. So at this point, Tom Brady has zero excuse not to become among the league's top quarterbacks. And this also means that Scotty Miller, I think he will be number four. He will be probably the best number four receiver in the NFL. (laughs) Yeah, so true. Uh, Jason, you want to go ahead and get your excitement out before I get my point across? Sure, let me go ahead, you know. He'll talk just about to, the goat and, you know. All just to weapons. remind you guys, he is a Patriots fan, but he has not said nothing about the Patriots all year long. Oh, I've said plenty about the Patriots. Mm. My disgust. But we shall get there later on in this podcast. What to say about A.B.? What to say about A.B.? He is a career screw-up. Bare minimum. Um, troublemaker, pro bowler, elite wide receiver, and as of right now, the slot receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, I would like to remind you guys that, you know, because for some reason, the whole entire sports world went on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to apologize to Tom Brady. Even Max Kellerman himself came out and admitted that Tom Brady did not fall off a cliff. They finally shut their mouths about Tom is wrapped up. Oh, he's washed up. Oh, all the things that Tom Brady's age is doing. Oh, he can't throw long distance anymore. Oh, he ain't accurate. Oh, he started to make mistakes. And all of a sudden, one game with the right amount of weapons. The man's man's in the MVP conversation again at 43 years old. But time to focus on A.B. Aside from Rob Gronkowski, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette, and now A.B., we have... Five pro bowlers 
on one offense. Five. I believe three of four of which are all pro. First team all pro. Um we both we all know who A B is. He is the guy that, you know, got his legs froze and the cryogenic machine because he went on socks. Uh he's the guy that came to practice late. He's the guy that turned to a drama queen in Pittsburgh. But this is his last shot. This is his last hurrah in the NFL. At $1.05 million, this is your last shot to prove yourself. So, honestly, I believe, you know, after the scandal that he just went through, he might be on his best behavior, which means what happened for the rest of the season. Now, Chris Godwin did just break his finger, and he's probably going to be out for a game or two, depending on how severe the injury was. So, when everybody's healthy, you know, around playoffs, I believe they're going all the way. But, you know, as long as A.B. act right, that's pretty much the most of it all. Because he's a troublemaker. We know that. That's about it. Okay. Well, Jason, the Buccaneers are very good. Antonio Brown's going to improve this team a lot. I mean, you can't really do much more. This is the stat team Tom Brady has ever played with offensively and defensively, in my opinion. So I would just go on the record and say I feel like this is a Super Bowl or bus year. I'm not just giving them that Super Bowl, though. I can't. I've seen great teams stumble before the Atlanta Falcons. So I can't just give them that Super Bowl. But it is a Super Bowl of bus year because there's no way in hell you have all these weapons at every position. Tom Brady's having the time of his life controlling the offense. He's basically the damn coach. Bruce Arians just does the press conferences for everybody. There's no way that this man does not go on to the Super Bowl and win. You have a lot. So if he don't win the Super Bowl this year, I consider it a bust for them. He's going to play next year. But it's just that they're looking really good, and they're only getting better as they go on. So my prediction about 12-4 and four, it might come true. No, it's definitely possible because I feel like they're going to um, they're gonna shout out the Giants. And after they shout out the Giants, <laughs> they're going to go play the Saints. And if the Saints ain't got Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, that's going to be a problem right there. Because the Saints been getting by, but I don't know if that defense got enough weapons to stop what's coming. I don't think so either. Nah, man. But I feel like everybody's got everything sure. out. So let's move on to the next topic, which is going to be, you know, Josh with his injuries to watch for fantasy football. All right, Josh, I know that a lot of players are actually starting to come back from injuries and teams are starting to come into their own again. So let's go ahead and see what injuries we got to watch this week in fantasy football. All righty. First, we got the, the Cowboys quarterback, Andy Dalton. Obviously took that really bad hit to the head, concussion. He's questionable for this week. I Personally, I don't think he's going to play. It's what, tonight? Yeah, tonight's game. Sunday night. Sunday night, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's Sunday. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's going to be playing. But uh, I got running back Joe Mixon from the Cincinnati Bengals. Foot injury, he is day-to-day. Uh, Cleveland Browns receiver Odell Beckham tore his ACL. He is out for the season. Saints receiver Michael Thomas still dealing with his hamstring. As of now, he's questionable. Yeah, this, this is all as of uh, 
2 p.m. on Thursday. So, you know, by the time you're listening to this, maybe there's an, uh, another update. Yeah. Oh, we got the Saints other receiver, Manuel Sanders. He's been on the COVID list, and he is out for this week. Uh, New York Jets wide receiver, Brashad Perryman, also gets a concussion. He's been missing practice, and he is doubtful for this week. Aaron Jones, running back for the Packers, calf injury. Uh, he wants to play, but I'm thinking that the coaching staff is going to hold him out just based on uh, the injury Devontae Adams had earlier this year. Okay. Jaguars, wide receiver D.D. Westbrook, towards ACL. He is also done for the season. Oh, damn. Yeah, I just got this injury. Uh, the Jaguars, Gardner Minshew. He has multiple fractures in his right thumb. Damn. He is, he is on bye this week, and he is questionable for next week. Uh, wide receiver Nikhil Harry, New England Patriots, also gets a concussion. He's also been missing practice. Damn. So we'll have, to, we'll have to monitor that. And speaking of Patriots wide receivers, Julian Edelman just got a knee surgery, and he is to miss, quote, some period of time. So it looks like he's going to be out this week, too. Denver Broncos running back Philip Lindsay also has a concussion. What's up with these concussions this week? Well, <laughs> Which is worse, question. concussions or the ACLs? <laughs> they go hand in hand. Uh, Some players don't come back from a concussion. That's very true. Yeah. Some players get a concussion every other year, like Brandon Cooks. Boy, he just. Um, <laughs> boy, oh boy, he ain't been the same since that Super Bowl. Definitely not. Uh, Philip Lindsay, Philip Lindsay has a concussion. He's also not been practicing. I'm thinking he could be doubtful for this week. Uh, Broncos wide receiver Tim Patrick, hamstring injury. He's been day to day. He's been performing really well recently, so that's kind of that's pretty disappointing. The Bears wide receiver Allen Robinson, another concussion, oh. and he is questionable for this week. San Francisco. Uh, 49ers running back Jeff Wilson Jr. High ankle sprain. He is on IR, so he's going to at least at least miss a month. Uh, 49ers wide receiver Debo Samuel hamstring injury. He will miss multiple weeks. Seahawks running back Chris Carson has a midfoot sprain, and he is week to week. Running back Kenyon Drake ankle injury. He is expected to miss a few weeks. Uh, they are on by, so he was not put on IR. So, you know, they could be expecting him to come back. Who knows? And Tampa Bay wide receiver Chris Godwin broke his finger. He is out for at least one game. Uh, good news is we got Vikings running back Dalvin Cook. He is expected to play this week. Wait, he's expected to play? Yes, he is. Boy, I need to go change my lineup. <laughs> and that's all I got for injuries. Okay. I was over here looking at my lineups. I can't even lie. When you started going down the list after a while, I just said, I'm going to put this phone down. I can't take this no more. It's too many concussions. <laughs> you got nobody to pick from no more. you choosing from practice squad players and hoping they do something. At this point, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Jason, you still with me, bro? Oh, yeah, I'm here. I'm oh, here yeah, I'm with your pitiful, lineups. Pitiful. The goddamn Patriots are right now. Because the... <laughs> It's, it's, it got from bad to worse so fast. Julian Edelman got knee surgery. 
the kid hair got a concussion. Like they was catching shit anyway. But goddamn. <laughs> yeah, Maybe this is Kobe Myers time to break out. Oh my god. Like this somebody is, got to. It look, look, look. They better sell somebody that ain't even playing. Whoever opted out on defense that you paying thirty million to trade them. Man, I mean, the... maybe, maybe, maybe they're going to deal Stephon Gilmore. Who knows? Oh Lord, Kevin Galladay is apparently people calling about him. I'm just saying, I might want to get on the phone. Look, the day the uh, head coach of the Lions as our former defensive coordinator, somebody better text this man something. I mean, he's gonna need a job after this season anyway, so he might as well go ahead and rekindle that relationship. Matt, come on back, Matt. With that hoodie back on, boy, we gonna need you. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying. Obviously, you just weren't cut out to be a head coach. You're just cut out to be a defensive coordinator. There's nothing wrong with that. Now the problem is, is they the Patriots gonna rehire him back? Because you know, Bill Belichick hired his son as a defensive coordinator. Well, he gonna have a Belichick at every single <laughs> every single position on the coaching staff. Watch. There's already two on the coaching staff. There's, he gonna put a baby on there too. <laughs> Look, I'm pretty sure one of his grandsons a water boy at this point. There's no okay, studying film. Somebody got to carry that cord. I mean, I know everything going wireless, but still, though, somebody got to carry that cord around. Make sure Belichick don't trip up. Look here, they got he got one son in the booth, uh, looking for signals. He got the other son, the defensive coordinator, and then you got Belichick himself. You got to start him early. Yeah. I started him early. You know, Belichick, he called his first touchdown play when he was four years old. So we're we going to go into the next segment so I can go ahead and get my pain and anguish out of the way. <laughs> we're going to hit these uh, quick picks right quick. You know, our normal, you know, lock of the weeks, upsets of the weeks, and the games of the week. Okay. We're going to hit those. Uh, Josh, what you got? I know me and you both got the game of the week, so we might as well go ahead and start with that. Steelers and Ravens. Yeah, I got Pittsburgh over Baltimore in this one. It's going to be – it's it's not going to be one of those old-school 2010, you know, Palamalu versus Ray Lewis kind of games. But it's going to be – it's going to be close. It's going to be – you know, we got Pittsburgh with that elite defense. Baltimore has a pretty good defense too. So it's all going to – it's all going to depend on Lamar Jackson. You know, how he's going to – if he can take that next step or not. Roethlisberger, we know he's been carried by the defense. But Lamar Jackson hasn't been performing. He hasn't been improving like we all hoped. So, you know, that could be the make or break of this game. I think that Pittsburgh is going to win this one 20-17. to 17. Yeah, I know you said 20-17. I actually gave the Steelers 7. By 7, I said 24-17. Uh, uh, you pretty much hit everything on the nail like you did in the article. And the only thing, like I said before, uh, and like you just said, it does depend on Lamar Jackson. I am kind of disappointed with Lamar this season. And if he really wants to excel, they got to put the ball in the air. Adam, I don't think Des Bryant's playing this game. He's on the practice squad. But I just don't get it because he had the same weapons last year that he had this year. Pretty much, you know, you got Hollywood Brown, you got uh, Andrews, still got Ingram, still, and you got J.K. Dobbins, but you still 
he was throwing the ball last year. So I'm trying to figure out what changed and now we're not throwing the ball. And the funny thing about it is when he does throw the ball, he's still very accurate. Like he got a hundred and ten, he got like a he got like a ninety nine point nine passer rating, ten touchdown, two interceptions, but they got the fewest attempts in the league. That has to change and this has to be like your coming out game. Win or lose, you have to play good. Because eventually, I feel like people are going to start to be like, okay, well, they're good, but they're not Super Bowl good. But they got to put the ball in the air. But that defense is just going to be hard, and he's not throwing the ball enough to actually beat this Steelers defense. And we yeah, all know this game carried. I'm with you on that. Uh, you did say, um, you did mention their running backs. Mark Ingram is still questionable with an ankle injury, so he might not even play. Even yeah. if he does play, he's been he's been kind of a bum this year. He has. So, <laughs> I mean, their best running back is their rookie, J.K. Dobbins. If he can get going, I think they're going to give it mostly to Gus Edwards. But if they do choose to give it more to Dobbins, I think he's their best bet on the ground. Okay. Jason, I already know what you're uh... – what your pick is for this week. You ain't got no choice but to watch that game. Patriots and the Bills, right? So, yes, I absolutely don't have any choice but to watch that game because I need the Patriots to somehow figure out a way to win the division. Um, now. See, the game I want to watch, personally, is the 49ers and Seahawks game because, well, the, the 49ers is making it work. In an impressive fashion. Now, the doubt that they've lost Debo Samuel, I don't know how that's going to go. But this might just be a game where, you know, Russell beats up on the 49ers. But that still might be a, still be an interesting game. Outside of that, you know, we got the Broncos, you know, mutilating the Giants and Cowboys and the Eagles. They're going to be like the worst game on turf. Uh, yeah, you guys probably picked the end of the game of the week. I honestly think the Ravens are going to get their, you know, shit together and might give the Steelers a run for their money. The Steelers might get their first loss this week against the Ravens. For some reason, I predict Roethlisberger throwing two interceptions. I don't know why. I just feel it in my heart. I mean, the Ravens' defense is good, though. So it's possible. Outside of that, everything else is murder games on this schedule. Yeah, 200 and... 270 yards with two touchdowns and two picks. That sounds like a big bang kind of line. Yep. Yep. Especially against a division rival or, you know, against a conference team. This just sounds like them. Those smash mouth close games, Big Ben's never perfect, but, you know, he gets it done. Either he gets it done, they make his ass look stupid. Yeah, you know, that's normally how it goes right there. We're actually going to get back to the 49ers and the Seahawks because I know that's going to be something to talk about there but let's go ahead and knock out the locks i know josh and it's very funny yours you got a shutout yes i do <laughs> you got <a> shutting <laughs> out the jets this is this was the easiest pick i've ever had to make it's the chiefs over the jets i'm saying it's going to be 49 to nothing it's not going to be close you know if if the dolphins can shut out the jets imagine what the chiefs can do i think that um, Patrick Mahomes and the starters, they'll be sitting by mid-third quarter. And even the backups, they're going to come in and they're going to put up points on this Jets team. It's going to be really bad. 
But like I said in the article, I think that this would be another week that Adam Gase keeps his job just until they have the number one pick 100% locked up. The Cowboys look like they might be making a run for the number one overall pick. But, you know, it seems like the Jets, the Jets just have a two-game. I think they have a two-game head start on them in the win column. So the Jets going to lock that up, and then Adam Gase will get fired. Yeah. Now, I do have me a shutout this week. I said two shutouts. I said, you know, the Chiefs is going to shut out the Jets, and also the Buccaneers are going to shut out the Giants. But my lock for the week is actually going to be the Colts over the Detroit Lions. I'm not saying it's going to be a blowout, but I am going to say I feel like that win last week against the Falcons was a fluke. It is Ty Gurley's fault. I will say that for sure. Because, I mean, I've seen all the audio and everything. Matt Ryan told this man, do not score. This man... I mean, that's probably the longest run Ty Gurley ever had without a knee problem. So tried. <laughs> Come so, on, he tried. Yeah, he tried, but damn, man, they told you not to score because our defense is ass. It um, is ass. Watch Winston that play live was just. Well, what I was there watching it live, and I knew we lost the game when he scored. That's it's like sad. he slipped on a banana peel at the goal line. He just couldn't help himself. No, he forgot that he wasn't supposed to score, bro. He just saw an end zone. That sounds like the worst feeling you can get, scoring a touchdown to go up ahead and just being depressed because you know you're going to lose. Man, look here. Fans are already saying we made history. We made history, okay? We the first team to sit there and have a losing score. How you score and lose, bro? We did that. But that game was a fluke. With the Colts have a better defense. Our defense is ass, Jason. You just had to stop two pass plays. Two. Our defense is ass, Jason. Ass. And they had to get the touchdown to win. Had to. The defense is ass, Jason. I will say it a thousand times. (laughs) It is booty. It is barnacles. I heard, too, that uh, I think Tack McKinley, I think he's on the trade block. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. Yeah, I don't keep up with the Falcons like you guys do, but, you know, I'm not too sure, you know, what his stats are looking like, how much of an impact he's been having. Well, they expected... You know how, well, like how Vic Beasley had his career year and they thought that he was going to be able to keep it going. He couldn't. Mm-hmm. He was overrated. Um, and I was a fan of him, too. I can't lie. I was a fan, but he was overrated. I mean, Tack was a great pickup, but I never thought he was really going to be something. And they thought he was going to be like the next big thing for them in their uh, front seven. And that did not work out. So I'm not surprised. Somebody will find good use for him. He'll probably have an average career, or maybe he's just going to probably blow up in maybe like another two years. He just hasn't figured it out yet. But, yes, I am definitely taking the Colts this week over the Lions. I felt like that game last week was a fluke, even though that the Falcons have a horrible defense. We should have won that game. That was one of those games we literally should have won that game. But, you know, Ty Gurley said, I haven't ran this far in a long time, so I might as well just go ahead and score. Then he forgot at the last minute that he wasn't supposed to score. Our defense is better. The Colts' defense is way better. It's not going to be like a huge blowout because, I mean, Galladay, 
That's a big son of a gun right there, man. It's hard to stop him. He's going to go up and catch it if you guys do it. I mean, our guys are kind of small, but we're going to make it work. We're going to get at the Stafford. Hopefully, Phillip Rivers turns around his season and he can actually be a useful quarterback for once. Or let's say for twice. He did lead a comeback win. I'll give him that. But, yeah, I'm definitely taking that over to the Lions. 30-23. to 23. Uh, Yeah. Jason, you got any locks? Well, I had an interesting game that I felt like something may go awry, but I wanted to change my mind because I don't feel like Drew Brees is going to be that fucking fluky. So, my lock for the week, outside of the obvious, is Packers over the Vikings. I say maybe 30-17. I mean, that sounds about right. I don't know what happened with them this year. I mean, Justin Jefferson's having a great year as a wide receiver for the Vikings, but they just can't really string together wins. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious about how many targets Jefferson's going to get with Dalvin Cook coming back. That's interesting. Yeah, I had, I had, I had Green Bay over Minnesota myself until I looked at the schedule and saw the Chiefs and Jets. Oh, man. I just want to watch that game just because I feel like it's going to be like the NFL's version of a college football game. Oh, it's like watching Clemson goodness. versus Georgia Tech. Watch the Jets pull it off, too, somehow. Oh, man. I, I don't – I mean, Quinn that got fired. We're just waiting for Gase. He should have been gone. But, you mean, you're right. He, they're probably going to wait till they lock up that first, that first uh, pick. But by then, uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to say, you know what? Never mind. I'm going to stay another year. <laughs> I don't want to go there. Nobody wants to go play for the Jets. Yeah, if somehow the Jets pull it off, it's going to be the upset of the decade. No doubt. Oh, yeah, it's going to top up. Uh, Appalachian State beat Michigan a couple years ago. Look, if the Patriots beat the Bills, it would be the greatest meltdown in NFL history. No, it would not be the greatest meltdown in NFL history. We already witnessed it at the Super Bowl, and we witnessed it several times in the beginning of the season with the same team. Yep. With a meltdown artist, okay? Better give us our respect. Well, yeah, if if Cam <laughs> figures out a way to beat the Buffalo Bills, we could be first place in the division somehow because we would have beaten all of our division teams at least once. Boy, whoa. We yeah, might be able to get to the playoffs. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's something that gets interesting. And then also, we got the uh, upset of the week. I'm going to go ahead and just kick this off because it's a little bit. A little bit controversial, but it's possible. Okay, that's why United's going over to Seahawks. Boy, they missing 20 people on, def- on the offense and defense. Man, for some reason, their next man up mentality always works out in their favor. Next man up. Street. Yes. They start, they start hiring guys from the local high school. Look, can you just Boy, and guess what? Home? Guess what? <laughs> they hire a guy from the local market, and he goes out there, gets 20, <laughs> gets 20 touches, and 150 yards. I don't know what it is. Look, it Shanahan just want to know if the jersey fit. If the jersey oh, fit. It works for them, Jason. <laughs> it works for them. It's not going to be a blowout. I'm giving them a close game. But I feel like the Seahawks are not unbeatable. They just got beat by the Cardinals. I'm not saying Russ is going to have a game like that again because he's not. Josh Allen got a better chance of having a game like that again. But Russ is not. But the 49ers 
as the season started going on, they're getting a little bit better every single week, defensively and offensively. So I feel like they're going to take them in a close game. Just going to win by three, 27-24. That's all. That's all right there. I'll touch on that game a little bit later. Uh, my upset pick, in my eyes, is not really an upset, but by the point spread it is. I have the Raiders going over the Cleveland Browns. Uh, the Browns just lost Odell Beckham, but it looked like it looks like Baker performs much, much better without Odell on the field. I'm not sure if it's, you know, Baker playing against the Bengals. Because when they played the first time, Cleveland put up like 35 points. So I'm thinking it's, you know, more more the defense he was playing. The Raiders just got off of a like a 20 plus point loss to Tampa Bay. I think that was more more of a sign of all the weapons that Tom Brady has, rather than the Raiders' defense being, you know, putrid. Um. Derek Carr is not a bad quarterback. He's been playing pretty well this year. Mm-hmm. Josh Jacobs, he's one of my favorite running backs in the league. So I think they're going to get going. And I think Cleveland's going to turn back to being Cleveland. It's kind of crazy to look at their records and see that the Browns are 5-2. and two. That's just nuts to me. So I, you know, I have the Raiders winning this one pretty close, 24-16. to 16. Okay. So I can see after those five TDs and the exceptional passing, you're not a you're not a believer yet in Baker Mayfield. Nope. I know it's hard to believe in him after one game, and then on top of that, I mean, after doing a lot of research, he does play very well against the Bengals. So I mean, I understand yeah. everybody was kind of excited and everything. I mean, I was too. It was just nice to see him play good. But I mean, it is, it is the Bengals. He always shows out against the Bengals. Yeah, I mean, you know, it looked really good, but Baker. He's shown that he's one of those quarterbacks. He'll have like a great game, but then the next week he'll throw three picks. So I got to see it for like two or three weeks in a row before I actually start believing. I understand that right there. And then the Browns are always the Browns. They are five and two, man. <laughs> I don't care. They're five and two, man. I don't care. They're going to be the Browns. They're five and two, okay? Let them have it until they realize they're not that good, okay? Just let them have it. You ain't got to be mean to them all the time. They 5-2. and two. This is the best record they probably going to have for the next 10 years because they ain't no telling what's going to happen after this season. Somebody get traded. I'll tell you that right now. I can see that already. Oh, yeah. I don't think Odell's going to be back. Nah. They might clean house again. Keep Stefanski though, because he is he at least he knows what he's doing because the offense actually did look good when Nick Chubbs was playing. Yeah, as long as you run the offense through Chubb and Kareem Hunt, you know, you don't need stellar quarterback play. You just you run it off of them, go play action, hit them over the top every now and then. And that was the plan when they hired him as coach. It was never supposed to be Baker Mayfield running this offense. It was to take the pressure off of Baker Mayfield and hide his weaknesses, which is apparently a lot. Oh, boy. Yeah. Apparently, Odell Beckham is one of his weaknesses. Man, we can sit here and really honestly talk about that, too. 
It's inter- that was very interesting to see. I can't lie. Once this man goes out, all of a sudden, we're seeing the Baker Mayfield of old. I think Baker Mayfield scared of Odell. I can see that. Yeah, I definitely think so, too. He got ran up on too many times in the locker room. Look at it, man. You sitting here next to you. You understand. CBS cameras and Fox cameras love Odell Beckham, especially when he loses. You know why? Because he throw a tantrum? Exactly. For some reason, they like to see him throw tantrums, and it scares the rest of the team. This man slam his helmet. He'll hit the little field goal thing, and the field goal thing will hit him back. That's the one. That's the problem right there. Ain't nobody gonna hit him back. I mean, oh boy, that'll be really interesting to see. <laughs> Kareem Hunt. I mean, somebody <laughs> gotta get him we, in line. Something we know Kareem happen. Hunt will hit his ass back. Of course, <laughs> yes, we do. We've Miles will hit him. Oh yeah, man. Yo, yo, <laughs> I think wow. we got a WrestleMania match coming up. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I can see that right there, man. I want well he might as well do a tag team match, but you know what? He'll do it with Jarvis Landry, and then Jarvis Landry can turn on him and be yep. like, I'm better than you. Yep. Jarvis Landry joined a oh, whole different kind of team. Just to watch your dad get knocked out by his own helmet. And yeah, Baker Mayfield, you know, he's gonna be at the commentary telling everybody how the the Browns are good after they play teams that don't have a winning record. I mean, you know, <laughs> that shit. <laughs> The Tennessee Titans was doing that shit. I'm just saying. <laughs> hey. <laughs> you know how it is. I can't lie, though. I would love to see that match. They should, they should make that happen. You know? It's a man. It's a man. If you're listening, that's money right there. Just know. You want to know what's money, though? <laughs> have the kicker to the low blow. Oh, yep. yep. Oh, man. You got to have it. But you know... Y'all know what the moneymaker is, right? Just a little small off-topic thing, because we're about to jump into our bias blitz so Jason can get all this off his chest. But you know what the real moneymaker is right now in pro wrestling? What? What's that? Um, I cannot remember what Otis' name is when he has that Lucha Libre mask on. But I just need a match between him and Jack Black as Nacho Libre. I don't know why, but I need that match. Shit, what was it? El Gordo? El Grande Gordo or something like that? Yeah, I need it that. Was, it was something ridiculous. Look, his, his name sounds like a Taco Bell side special. Yes. That's only here for a limited time only. <laughs> and it literally was only here for a limited time only. That man put the money in the... He put the contract in a purse and carried it to the ring. Where the hell and you get a money to bank clutch from? He knows hey. people. Uh, the Pepto-Bismol boss, but let's move on. Yeah, I'm just saying, though, Vince, give me that match right there. Nacho Libre versus El Gordo XL, whatever the hell you want to call it. So. <laughs> but now, ladies and gentlemen, we're going into our bias blitz. It has, we're now in week eight. Our teams are settling in, and we're all going to talk about how we feel about our performances. Of course, me and Josh are going to go first, but then we're going to let Jason finish it off because he has a lot to say about his New England Patriots, who he is to leave because he doesn't seem like a fan this year. So, Josh, do you want to go first or you want me to knock it out? Uh, I can go first. Yeah, so, my... Uh, man, this is so disappointing. You're doing the... Uh, we were writing the uh, the Dark Horse articles before the season started. I had my Broncos as a Dark Horse to win the AFC West. 
Oh boy, it was I wrong. <laughs> so, you know, Von Miller going out, Cortland Sutton going out, Jarrell Casey, that's way more than anyone can expect. Bradley Chubb's been trying to hold it down. He's been doing pretty well. But, you know, overall, there's just too many injuries to handle. Drew Locke's been in and out of the season. As of now, he's a question mark to me. I know it's too early to give up on on a second-round pick. It's only a second year. But he's just been making... He's been making some excellent throws. Don't get me wrong. He has, he has the charisma. His teammates seem to like him a lot. He has mobility. He has an arm. It's just his decision making has to get better, and it has to get better now. You know, you got guys like potentially Aaron Rodgers, potentially Dak Prescott. If we can get one of those guys, you know, next off season. 100% jump on it. Maybe let Locke sit for another year or two. As of right now, I'm looking at someone, you know, obviously not going to make as much of an impact, but I'm thinking about Sam Darnold from the New York Jets. Trading for him, I don't think that it'll take that much to get him, honestly. Maybe like a third or fourth round pick. But, you know, if you bring him in, put him behind Drew Locke. At least Drew Locke has some competition. At least he has someone that, you know, he's looking over his shoulder. Sam Darnold could take over anytime. Arnold's not a bad quarterback either. He seems like he's going through similar issues. He can have great games, but he can also have these, you know, boneheaded plays. So I think it's more of competition between those two. As for running back, I don't think Melvin Gordon is the answer. I think that Philip Lindsay needs to take over. He rushed for a thousand yards in his first two years. I don't know why you go from that and then you decide to go ahead and sign Melvin Gordon. Gordon's a really good running back, but it doesn't seem like he's fitting here too well, especially with the DUI that he just had. That's just bad news. I think Philip Lindsay needs to be the RB1. He needs to take if not all the workload, then the majority. So moving moving forward with Drew Locke and Sam Darnold and then putting Philip Lindsay as a starting running back, you know, that's not going to solve our problems, obviously, but, you know, that's going to help. And like I said earlier, Tech McKinley was, you know, potentially on the block, maybe trade for him. I don't think it would take too much to, to get him from Atlanta. At this point, we're two and four at the bottom of the division. Our next four games, they're winnable. You know, we got the Chargers this week. Then we're at Atlanta. Then we're at the Raiders. Then we're at home against the Dolphins. Who knows what two is going to be at that point. So we could potentially go 4-0, but I don't see it. Maybe 2-2. Two and two. Just the way we've been playing, it's too inconsistent. <sighs> I love my Broncos. But we're, we are wasting these very important years of Von Miller's career. I'm not too sure how long he has left in Denver. I think I heard before that this is his last year. I'm going to have to look into that. But if it is, man, I, I want Von to stay. But I can't blame him if he wants to go win another ring. So, 
Yeah, that's all I got. Well, that was a good one right there. He made some very good points. I'll tell you one thing, though. I'll take Von Miller and Indy. We got the money for him. I'll take him. Yeah, don't trade for him right now? Give him right now? Give up first couple first-round picks? I don't know about that, man. We need to get a quarterback. <laughs> we need to get a quarterback. But, as you already know, I am an Indianapolis Colts fan. We are 4-2. and two. I feel like we're like maybe 3-3 three and three, the way they're playing. One thing I can say is that we have one hell of a defense. Our defense looks really, really good. Again, at the quarterback, 10 interceptions in six games. Right now, they're first in passing and they're third in rushing. We fixed the defensive problem finally. But here goes our offense. You already know how I feel about Phillip Rivers. You take away those t- that touchdown and interception ratio, he's throwing 70%. So something's working, but obviously something is not working. And you can turn to your wide receivers and your tight ends. Your leading receiver has 243 yards on the year, and he's clearly out of his prime. And I love T.Y. Hilton, but is he got to go. I felt like he had maybe just a little bit of juice in the tank because he has his moments, but then he can give you a steady consistency. We're not getting none of that this year. It's time to go and get rid of him. As much as I was very happy that Jonathan Taylor got his start, and, I mean, he is giving us a nice little return, 4.1 yards per carry. That's not bad, but we do need Marlon Mack. When we had Marlon Mack, we were, like, top five, I believe, in rushing. We are tearing teams apart running the ball. We had that power back. So a two-headed monster would be great right now because Jonathan Taylor's good. You can use him in different areas, but we need Marlon Mack to kind of give us that force that's going to bruise people. We don't have a bruiser right now. So I feel like if we get him back, um, then we can probably make a little bit more noise. But Phillip Rivers, everything's kind of riding on him. We're not a Super Bowl team. The defense is Super Bowl caliber, but the offense is not. And, Josh, I know you hear me say this all the time about you need at least a top 15 defense. You can have a top 10, top 5 offense, but you need at least a top 15 defense if you plan on making noise and going to a Super Bowl. It does not work the other way around. You cannot have you a you know, top 15. I don't even think we're really top 15. But, you know, we can't have really a top 15 offense and then a top 5 defense and expect a Super Bowl. It doesn't work like that anymore. The defense is great. We need help. And honestly, I know Jason's probably going to say a lot about this, and I'm okay with that. But I'm open to Carson Wentz. I'm really open to him. I feel like you reunite him with his coach. He got weapons. He got a very good offensive line. He could do something to Indy. I'll take that, but if they don't go for anybody, and I I swear, if they go after Matthew Stafford at the end of the year, I am going to lose my shit. I don't want another old-ass quarterback. We need to get with the times. Get one of these young guns or go in the draft and get you somebody. Or maybe just give Jacob Easton a shot. He's sitting behind Jacoby. Jacoby's probably going to get traded. Somebody needs him. I mean, the Patriots need him right now. He's more accurate than Cam Newton. 
I never thought that day would come where I'll say that. Maybe he can win them a game. Maybe somehow he can get the wide receivers to do something in New England. But I don't want Jacoby here no more. I don't. If we're going to give anybody else a shot, don't don't give Jacoby the shot. Give it to the rookie. Let's see what And then I feel bad for them when it comes to after this, you know, Detroit Lions game because it's really the offense for me. And we, we can fix that offense, then we're in there. We can compete with the best of them. But we have a nine-game stretch that is not friendly. we only playing, let's see, two teams with losing records. Everybody else is over 500. You got the Ravens, Titans, Packers, Titans. Of course, they play the Texans, but that's going to be competitive. You got the Raiders. That might be competitive. You got to play the Steelers. Then you end it off with the Jaguars. A lot of these games are games that we're not supposed to win, but if Phillip Rivers can find a way to pull it out, along with this great defense, because I'm telling you right now, I think we're going to beat the um, we're going to beat the Ravens, in my opinion. All depends on how they play against the Steelers. I feel like my Colts could take them, but this is a tough stretch, and without a offense that can be consistent, we're not going to really get far. So I like what my Colts are looking like defensively. I love Jonathan Taylor. I need. I just need that offense to really step it up, and we can do something here. That's all I really have to say on that situation. And now, Jason, you get to talk about your New England Patriots. Well, let's get it out of the way, guys. Um, I was a little doubtful coming into this season. Knowing good and well, we have no receiving core. Tom Brady just left us. Hey, Jason, so you're like $300 doubtful? Uh, shut up. I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to have to deal with Jared Stidham. Then I found out we were going to get a Hoarier back, which was doesn't fucking help me. Um, then we found out we got Cam. And I was so excited. Because Cam got a vendetta against the league right now. Because everybody says Cam washed up. Cam ain't got nothing left. Cam is shelling himself. I watch all the goddamn Instagram videos of him hyping us up every day. Hitting the gym every day. Doing sprints every day. Looking like a physical specimen that we know Cam Newton to be. And after that, first game we played the Seahawks. Seahawks probably top three choices for going to the Super Bowl and winning it all this year. And we were three yards away from beating the Seahawks. I was disappointed that Cam didn't get that touchdown at the end of regulation to win us that game. But at the same time, I was hopeful that if we could do this against this impressive-looking Seahawks team, that we're going to have a decent season. And what happens next? A series of bullshit events. Now, after that game, let's see. Well, we beat the Dolphins game one. Almost beat the Seahawks game two. We put a hurting on the Raiders in our own special way. I knew it was going to get fucked by the Chiefs. We should never lost to the Broncos. I don't know what the fuck. We came to we came to somebody else's stadium to kick four field goals. That's fantastic. Whose idea was that? And then to get mutilated by the 49ers in the most embarrassing Patriots game I've ever watched in my life. It's more embarrassing than when y'all got shut out by the Jets. Who was it the Buffalo Bills that year? 
don't think it was either one. No, y'all got shut out when uh, Tom Brady had to uh, set out them four games for Deflate Gate. Y'all got shut out one of those games. We'll we'll do the research, but I'll, we'll get back to that. Um, at this point in time, I just found out because I don't know how I didn't know this because, of course, it didn't matter after getting to nine Super Bowls. That Bill Belichick is not only the head coach of the New England Patriots, he's also the GM, which makes so much sense why we ain't getting no goddamn body because Bill is not much of a shrewd operator when it comes to negotiations, okay? You tell Bill, hey, I want a first and a third for that guy. Bill says, no, I'm going to give you a fourth and a sixth. Then whatever team he was negotiating with, hang up the phone, because they don't give it to him. Because, first of all, we're not about to go out our way to help the Patriots get better. Secondly, who the hell for to give you a star wide receiver for a fourth and a sixth? Um, just to find out, his uh, sons are on the coaching staff. As one of his sons' defensive coordinator. One of his sons, the analysts in the booth, you know, for the signals and whatnot. And the more I look at it, I'm just like, Either you planning on losing, because obviously we have nothing to throw to. Make it even worse, the one receiver you drafted last year was a bust. And yes, I'm talking about Nikhil Harry, Mr. I don't do shit. Mr. I didn't know how to catch for the first six games of the season last year. And they wonder why Tom Brady was frustrated. Shit, you y'all turn y'all let Edelman get turned to a whole Hall of Famer just off the strength that y'all are bad at getting receivers. But and I'm not done. Let's see. Okay, we get Cam. Cam, you know, being looking impressive, turns back into why do I gotta cry, Cam? Let me go ahead and put this towel over my head. So in three interceptions in two quarters. I'm just like the deadline is right around the, the deadline is on November third, and y'all just not talking about trading Stephon Gilmore. Who the hell are we gonna get is the question. Teams are so depleted right now; they ain't gonna offer a shit for Stephon Gilmore. Y'all gonna keep him because we can't give you a wide receiver because our other four wide receivers got hamstring issues, or they got knocked out last week, or they broke a finger, or he got a toe issue. Oh, he got an ankle issue. Oh, yeah, he opted out this season. So we have nothing to look forward to because Bill didn't plan for this. The one time Bill Belichick didn't plan for this shit. Now we are in grave danger of losing the division to the Buffalo Bills for the first time in 20 years. I'm so disappointed. So disappointed. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Failure on top of failure on top of failure. Uh, sounds like you guys are having a great season. Man, fucking fantastic. Damn. I mean, if it makes you feel better, Cam Newton hasn't thrown over a thousand yards yet. That's supposed to make me feel better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's supposed to make you feel better. Oh boy. <laughs> I mean, if it makes you feel better, he's only throw seven interceptions this year, dog. I mean, let's be honest here, Jason. Just seven. Had, yes, just seven interceptions. But let's be completely honest here. With that team right there, I would probably put my towel over my head, too. 
like straight up. Like there's no reason like, anybody that tries to blame Cam Newton for this situation needs to really look at this team and watch them play and see that they're literally doing it with nothing. Like at least the Ravens and other teams decided to go out here and give people a shot on the practice squad just to see how they do first. Belichick didn't even do that. Get me is like the conversation about Brady's greatness should be over or who gets the credit. Because as you can see, Goat was making shit shake in New England. Yeah, I was about to say this more than anything just shows how how much better Tom Brady is right now than Cam Newton is right now. I I know it's it's contradicting what I was saying earlier this year, but you know, it seems like that's that's the reality of it. I mean, well, the way Cam Newton playing no right more. now, Robert Griffin can come along and, you know, start for the Patriots and probably do something better. When it comes to the whole Tom Brady and Belichick thing, come on, Jay, you know how I feel about that. But for some reason, you feel like I got to take credit away from people. I can't just give credit to Belichick. No, you can't just give credit to Belichick. Really? So let me yes. ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Michael Jordan won six rings. Are we not giving credit to Phil Jackson? Of course. So I can give credit to Phil Jackson, but I can't give credit to Bill Belichick. Let me explain. Let me explain the, the premise of the situation that you just put me in. The ideology, because what you do, you like to give Belichick more credit than Brady, which I don't think makes any sense because Brady's the one that got to execute these plays. I know, dog. I know. Brady's the one like that got to read the defense. That's an evil mastermind. After 20 years, you better be able to read the defense. But that's you better be though. able to read the defense you after You would compare years. that to Jordan and Phil Jackson. Jordan didn't always have Phil, and we saw what the hell happened. He got his ass knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. Phil Jackson was still a great coach. That I'm not denying to that. Jordan's success. What I'm saying is this. Jordan needed Phil to become what he became. Tom Brady didn't have a choice to have another coach until now. Because he came off the bench to replace Bledsoe, and the rest was history. We know that. It's just everything worked out very well. But, I mean, he walked into a very beautiful situation, bro. He walked into one. It's not like Le'Veon Bell walking into the New York Jets saying that we're going to turn this franchise around. Look, this man walked into a situation that already had a running back, had a very good wide receiver, had two very good wide receivers. He walked into that situation, and he's just doing what he does best. He better keep playing at that level with all that talent. Because if he played like he did last year with that talent he got over there, then the whole conversation would be a lot different. But let's be clear about the situation, okay? You're talking about all these weapons, right? All these weapons. Jameis had these weapons too. And what did, what did he do? Throw 33 interceptions. Are you comparing Jameis to Tom Brady? Yes, because you trying to make Boy, it seem I'm like going any, to, Josh, get to this man. seem like any quarterback can do this shit, and they can't. Execution is key. If you can have all the weapons in the world, but if you're a trash quarterback, you're a trash quarterback. It is what it is. So guess what? You want to put Jacoby Brissett in the system see how this shit gonna go? You want to put who Andy Dalton in the system see how this shit gonna go? Guess what? Tom Brady taking these motherfuckers to the Super Bowl because he's Tom Brady. 
Yeah, I mean, but if you're going to talk about Tom Brady, you got to compare him to other elite quarterbacks. If Aaron Rodgers Just was in his place. What I'm saying, what Aaron Rodgers is in this. his place. What I'm saying is this. We have all the same weapons that Jameis had last year. He couldn't do shit with it. It's no Tom Brady. He's never been a Tom Brady. Matt Ryan can go in there and win. The reason why I'm even making this argument because Matthew loves to make the argument. Did you call out my whole government name? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Matthew likes to make the argument that Belichick can put a mop on the field with a jersey and he'll get two touchdowns. You damn right he can. I mean, Matt Castle. He already did it. He already did it. Cam Newton got two touchdowns. How about that? Are you calling Cam Newton the mop with that haircut he got right now? Exactly. (laughs) He already did it. It's already been done, Jay. As a man with dreads, you should be ashamed of yourself coming for him like that. (laughs) Wasn't it? My dreads looked like something, okay? He just put whatever he did in his head. Like he put a a lollipop in there to hold his dreads on top of something. I don't know what's going on on top of it. It's obviously not contributing to wins, though. But guess what? Can we please get this man some waves? We can put like an MVP again. Can we, can we cut that hair off? Can we shave that shit to the bone and start from scratch? Because apparently, they, whatever the fuck on your head ain't helping us win. Boy, they need to start from scratch with their whole organization right now, dog. Belichick need to give up that power and just be a coach. He can still win. You can still win. Belichick, he just have he just had to be in a series of unfortunate events. Half your defense sat out. True. Are you dealing with injuries? Yeah, but our, the our best non-player set out. Yeah, but the dumbest thing he did was not go and try to find wide receivers. Because I ain't going to let nobody blame Cam Newton for this shit show in Foxborough. I refuse. Look, he tried to go get receivers. They reneged on the deal. He tried to go get DeAndre Hopkins when O'Brien was losing his goddamn mind. He tried to go get Stephon Diggs. But, you know, when he was having issues with Vikings, shit didn't Bruh, work you out. waited... Like a good three or four years when Brady has been begging for weapons. Look, I don't. I completely agree. I've been bitching for years about this shit. You ain't bitch hard enough. I told you who to hit up on Twitter. You are gonna hit up the team page. Look that's, here, that's ran by people like me and you. Look here, okay. I I've been tweeted Robert Kraft. Okay, I tweeted Robert Kraft when I heard they was gonna try to kick Brady out, get Garoppolo, and what did we do that year? Win another goddamn Super Bowl. I ain't going to even go there with you today. Nope. I ain't going to even do it with you today. Josh. <laughs> we're not even going, I'm not even going to go there with you today. Let's go ahead and move on to the next subject. Josh, who you got for your starts and sits this week? Because I actually do have uh, you know, my app open. I'm listening. All right. My first one is kind of a cheat. You know, going off of the, uh, the lock of the week, I'm saying start every Kansas City chief that you own. Bro, you said every Kansas City Chief? Everyone who's playing. Obviously, if they're out, they're not going to get points. But it's going to be oh, it's going to be fun to watch unless you're a Jets fan. <laughs> the Chiefs are going to just destroy. If you got Mahomes, if you got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, if you got Le'Veon Bell, Tyreek Hill, Nicole Hardman, Travis Kelsey... They're in your starting lineup. There's no question. You know, there, there might be, you might be a question about someone like Le'Veon Bell or Miko Hardman. Just throw them in there. The Chiefs going to put up points. It's, it's not going to matter. Uh, my next one is Carson Wentz 
against the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys have a 27th ranked defense. We all know. We all know the story about the Cowboys. They're dreadful. Uh, Carson Wentz has three straight games of at least 213 yards and two touchdowns. That's, I don't think that. Other than week one and week five, week five was against Pittsburgh. Week one was against the football team. Carson Wentz has one rushing touchdown. I don't see why that wouldn't continue. And Jalen Rager should be coming back. Him along with Travis Fulgham. Forgot his name for a second. Them two, they've been holding it down. Well, Fulgham's been holding it down pretty well. Jalen Rager comes back as a deep threat. Um, I'm I'm seeing Carson Wentz putting up a nice fantasy day this week. Uh, this one, we're going back to Matt, your upset of the week. San Francisco wide receiver Brandon Ayuk, rookie wide receiver against the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle has the league worst pass defense. They surpassed the Atlanta Falcons? Yes, they have. They have oh, the wow. worst pass defense in the NFL. Dang. So you know whoever Seattle goes up against, there's going to be at least one receiver who has a day. With Debo Samuel out, I think it's going to be Brandon Ayuk. He had seven targets last week and caught six of them for 115 yards. Imagine what he's going to do to Seattle. I still I still believe that Seattle's going to win the game, but Brandon Ayuk's going to have some nice stats by the time the game's over. My fourth start of the week is Tampa Bay wide receiver Scotty Miller at the New York Giants on Monday night. Chris Godwin's out. Mike Evans has not been himself this year. I don't know what's up with him. Um, Scotty Miller and Tom Brady, they seem to have chemistry. He has four games of at least 70 yards. And last week, Miller had nine, nine targets, six catches, 109 yards, and a touchdown. So I don't see why he wouldn't be targeted early and often. Giants don't have a completely horrible pass defense. It's 21st in the league. You know, Brady on Monday night against his favorite team in the league, the New York Giants. He's going to want to put on a show. He's going to want to put the whole league on notice if he hasn't already. So Tampa Bay is going to light him up, and Scotty Miller is going to get plenty of targets. My sits, I have the Lions quarterback Matthew Stafford against the Colts. Absolutely. According to the stats, the Colts' defense have the number one defense in the league and second against the pass. I do think that's, you know, helped out a lot by the fact they just came off a bye. But, you know, either way, they're still very, very good. Other than other than County Galladay, the Lions have very inconsistent receiving options. Marvin Jones, he had a good game last week, but other than that, he hasn't been around. So I don't know if he's just fading or what. TJ Hawkinson, you never know if you can count on him. He is a beast, but you know you don't know from week to week if he's going to be there or not. And running back DeAndre Swift, he seems like he's going to be more featured in the game. But again, he's a rookie, so I'm not too sure how much Stafford's going to rely on him. 
I just feel like Stafford should be he should be sad at this point. <laughs> I got the Jets running back, LaMichael P. Ryan at the Kansas City Chiefs. You wouldn't you wouldn't expect that to be a name that you're really contemplating on starting. But last week he gained uh, 39 rushing yards and a touchdown and he had a couple of catches. I don't 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 trust that. You know, the the Chiefs are going to blow him out. There's not going to be much of a running game going on. He might he might be sharing the the load with Frank Gore. He might get a few targets, but other than that, that's about it. I got Melvin Gordon from the Broncos against the Chargers. Chargers have a good run defense. Not great. They're 14th in the league. And like I was saying earlier, Gordon hasn't been 100% there. And I think the Chargers might win this one pretty big. So again, that kind of kind of negates the running game a little bit. My final one is Bengals wide receiver A.J. Green against the Tennessee Titans. His last two games have been great. You know, he got eight targets, or I'm sorry, 11 targets, eight catches for 96 yards two weeks ago. And last week he got 13 targets, seven catches for 82. Those are really good numbers. But, you know, you got the Titans defense. They're, They're good. And then you got the Bengals. Their O-line has been terrible. So I don't think Joe Burrow is going to have a lot of time at all to throw the ball. So that's going to be more more sacks and more hurries for Joe Burrow, which means more targets for guys like Tyler Boyd running underneath in the slot or Joe Mixon if he's playing. If he's not, then Gio Bernard. Less targets overall for A.J. Green. So obviously that means less production. And that'll do it. Okay. Jason, you got quiet. I know you're over there checking your fan duel lineup. Well, he didn't really mention anything about the uh, Carolina Panthers-Falcons game tonight, so I don't have anything to worry about. And you know how yeah, I, I have, made... Go ahead. I only have four starts, but if I were to add more, I would add Teddy Bridgewater and Mike Davis as starts this week. I made so many lineups, I done covered all my bases. <laughs> Okay. Now, I don't know how I almost forgot, but I did revamp my uh, top 10 rankings again. I'll make it pretty quick here for you. Because I do got one final question for you guys before we head out. Interesting question. Um, on my outside looking in, I got the Bears, Browns, and Bills. Outside looking in. I feel like as the Bills continue to play the way they are, they just want you to be mentioned because it's starting to they're starting to, you know, show that we're like average. That's about it. I'm not I'm kinda like you when it comes to the Browns. I gotta see more of Baker Mayfield playing at this level or playing at some level of being elite or above average before I can just sit here and say, Oh yes, this is it right here. I got to see it because, you know, he likes to talk big after games like this. And then the Bears just need a quarterback. <laughs> they got a great defense. They got weapons on offense. But they just need to figure out what they're going to do at quarterback, not just right now, but future references. But coming in at number 10, I do have the Colts. 
Um, a lot of things happened this week, so I did drop them down. Um, they're coming off of a bye week. Great defense. They're going to beat up on the Detroit Lions, and they could probably move up. The Saints have finally hit my top 10 rankings. Great record, and they won a divisional game against the Panthers. Hopefully they get Manuel Sanders and Michael Thomas back soon so we can really see what this team is made of. Number eight, you got the 49ers. They have back-to-back impressive wins. And, I mean, I don't even know if we can say if it's impressive anymore because we used to all be excited or shocked when somebody beat the New England Patriots. But they're just a wounded duck right now. A lot of teams are just going to start walking all over them if they don't figure out something soon. So they're on a two-game winning streak right now. They're, going, of course, going to go play the Seahawks, and I got them beating the Seahawks. But it's like they're gradually getting better and players are starting to come back. So I expect them to just keep getting better as the season goes on. Number seven, I do have the Arizona Cardinals. Three-game winning streak. They're playing really good football. And that was a hell of a game they played against the Seahawks. Not going to throw them as a Super Bowl contendership yet, but they are looking like one of those teams that you need to watch in the second half of the season. That could make a lot of noise. Number six, Ravens. Ravens are going to hold that spot because they're really good. Plus, they're coming off of a bye. But this game right here is going to tell me everything I need to know about the Ravens for right now. Um, They just really need to play a good game, honestly. Their defense is really good, but... It's just hard for me to get behind Lamar Jackson like I was last year for me to just sit here and say, okay, this is a Super Bowl contender right now. They're just looking like a Georgia Tech version in the NFL where they're just going to run the ball. Eventually, you got to put that ball in the air, especially if you want to beat guys like my homeboy and stuff. Number five is the Seattle Seahawks. I still got them in my top five. It was a tough game for us in that offense and the defense because it's hard to stop Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, but they... Did the best they could. They'll be back. They're really good. They will definitely be back. Number four in front of them is the Titans. Lost a close game to the Steelers. They didn't play good in the first half, but they bounced back in the second half. I wouldn't mind seeing those two teams play again because that could be potentially like a playoff matchup. And I think the Titans kind of figured it out towards the end. So it'd be nice to see what they can do in the second time around. They're good. Tannehill's really good. King Henry is just king right now. So they're sitting at number four. Number three, I am. I like good football, but I'm becoming more and more a believer in the Buccaneers. I'm not handed on that Super Bowl just yet. But back-to-back impressive wins. I always say that Tom Brady's either going to start off fast or he's going to start off slow and get better as time going on. But we're actually seeing that now where he's getting better as time is going on. And then he adds Antonio Brown to that mix who he already has chemistry with. That team is going to just be unstoppable at some point. But I need that defense to play a running quarterback to see if they can shut down a running quarterback because every defense is good until you have to play a mobile quarterback. Number two, the Kansas City Chiefs. I personally don't think they'll ever leave my top five. They have to lose like five games in a row to leave my top five. They are looking like a team that's going to return to the Super Bowl. 
until they play them Steelers, which is my number one team right now. The 6-0 don't lie, and they're no fluke. That defense is great. Of course, Big Ben is slowing down, but they're getting it done. They are looking like the best team right now, and they have a tough matchup coming up against the Ravens. But for right now, they are sitting solid in my number one spot. They're the number one team in football right now. So just to do a quick run back, I got Colts at number 10, Saints number 9, 8 is 49ers, 7 Cardinals, 6 Ravens, 5 Seahawks, 4, team, four is the Tennessee Titans, 3 the Bucks, 2 the Chiefs, and number 1 right now is the Steelers. Alright. Okay. I know Josh, you're one of my biggest fans of this right here. I always know you got something to say. What you got this week for me? Uh, overall, I like the list. Um, if I were to get nitpicky, I would actually put Arizona one slot above Baltimore. That's just me personally. Um, it's interesting how. See, I don't, I don't, I don't know if New Orleans should be in the top ten, or if they should be on the outside looking in. I'm not, I'm not too sure. But overall, overall, I like the list. I couldn't find another team outside of them like that was really kind of like doing anything. That's why they're sitting at number nine because it's like I'm sure on them on being a top ten team, but I'm not a hundred percent. So I felt like number nine was a comfortable spot for them. If the Colts, like I mean, the Colts most likely going to pass them this after this week anyway. I expect them to roll over the Lions because, like I said last week, was a fluke. But you know, they're just right there. Number nine is a sweet spot for them right now. So we know more about this team and what they can really become if Michael Thomas comes back because rumors are starting to really swirl about him being traded. And I feel like he's going the Kawhi Leonard route. He all of a sudden got this hamstring injury. He just can't play no more. So he goes to another team. Come no. on to yeah, the Patriots, Michael be. Thomas. Come on to the Patriots. No, that that'll probably will frustrate him even more, okay? It's going to frustrate him even more. I don't think he should ever go there. I got one final question for you guys before we head off. This is a great episode. It was nice to hear Jason's frustration with the Patriots after listening to him for the past 10 years talk about the glory and how great this empire was. And now he's watching them struggle, and he's like, what the hell is going on? Him being upset is always nice. Oh, it is. It actually is. I don't know. Like You like to see me rant, Jason, so I mean, it's only fair if I return the favor. It's only fair. Final question for you guys. This is just a random thing. Battle for New York. Right now with both of these teams, Jets and the Giants. If they play right now, who would you take? Giants. Giants. Dang, nobody going to give Sam Donald a shot? Hell no. <laughs> it's, not, it's not any hate towards... It's not hate towards Sam Darnold. It's hate towards Adam Gase. I don't believe in any team that has Adam Gase. You see... You see players like like Devontae Parker, Ryan Tannehill, who leave Adam Gase and then actually start becoming productive. You know, until Darnold gets out of there or Adam Gase gets fired, I don't think Sam Darnold's going to do anything. Look, the whole Jets whole organization has been boo-boosing forever. Um, the Giants have always had one-up on the Jets. Whether it be... Which, to be honest, like... Their string of quarterbacks have been, what is this, really? Uh, before Sam Donald, you had Geno Smith. 
Rip before that, he they had what what Michael Vick for three weeks. Like they they've been screw ups for a decade or more. The Giants, on the other hand, let their rookie quarterback be mentored by the flukiest quarterback of all time, which we saw what the fuck happened with that. Daniel Jones look a lot like Eli these days, but without a shadow of a doubt, the Giants have a much better organization and have a much better team structure overall. Sam Darnold is just playing inside of a dumpster fire right now. Hey, Jason, I got to ask you a question, dog. I know you like to talk about how, you know, he just looked like Eli right now. You know, one of Eli's favorite quarterbacks to play was Tom Brady. So what happens if Danny Dimes just all of a sudden goes off against the Buccaneers and Tom Brady? First of all, that shit ain't going to happen. <laughs> the Buccaneers defense are way too good. Secondly, I mean, the, the Patriots have really good defenses both both of those times they played the Giants in the Super Bowl. We're we not going to See, y'all, you the reason why the Giants <laughs> have to go on too goddamn long. Because you over here call that bullshit. Bring it up in two bullshit ass Super Bowls. You know we got fucked over here. And on top of that, we both know Eli ain't got nothing to do with them goddamn wins. And that is where the ratings come from. I mean, over here stealing that garbage. I mean, honestly, Tom Brady didn't have nothing to do with a couple of those Super Bowls himself. I'm just saying. Look here. Damn. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. It's not Eli's fault that he had my straight Okay? Russell looked that man dead in the eye and threw that ball to Michael Butler. It ain't my fault. All I know is the greatest interception in Super Bowl history. That's all I know I mean, about let's it. be honest here. A kicker is more responsible for your Super Bowl wins than Tom Brady. Shit, I oh give goodness. all the in the world. We're not going to talk about that with your, where your rings at? Where your rings at? Indy. How much How much rings Peyton gave you? I don't know. One? He gave me one. one. He gave me the first one. black coach to win a Super Bowl. Ooh. I'm a legend over Ooh. here. Ooh, and Dungy looking senile on analysts. Okay, it is what it is. Dungy looks like he's 400 years okay. old. Okay, making all these wrong guesses. Okay, it's like he even coached. And it's fine. The guy the street was like, what do you think about the game? I don't know. He's going to have a great game. Four interceptions. We're not going to talk about this shit right now. We're not going to do it. Because you're the reason why these goddamn podcasts are going over time. It's your fault. Your fault. Because <laughs> hey, I asked you a question? Bullshit questions, yes. You asked me bullshit questions. <laughs> That's good well. Eli was garbage. He was obviously good enough to beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. That's all I got to say. Just like Twice. Andrew Luck was good enough to retire at 25. How about that? I mean, if I had that offensive line during that time, I probably would have retired too. Between that and, you know, Matt Ryan getting all the credit for the Falcons losing, even though we know that's not how the game works. I mean, the, the list goes on and on and on. And now you what got a quarterback and ain't got no pullout game. How about that? Look, that's a choice that he made, okay? He led us to a comeback win, okay? What happened to your quarterback? He got benched. All he do is come back. That's why he got nine kids. Hey, man, he's oh happy with God. those nine kids, okay? He is happy with those nine kids. Four and two, man. Four and two. Four and two, buddy. Thanks What's your Patriots looking like? Don't you worry about it. We're going we to be back. You need to worry about I mean, who you're the quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. Man, look here. Whoever get the keys to the kingdom will be fine. No, they're going to be as average. As long as it's not as Jacoby Brissett. They're going to be look average. Here. 
We got money, okay? What's the word of the day? Money. Hey, y'all we don't spend that, that on nothing. Boy, we spent it on this fire-ass defense that we got. Ain't nobody telling them to go out here and sign Philip Rivers. Y'all spent $100 million a cap on an O-line and a D-line. Guess what? Somebody got to actually score points. Sir. And the 400-pounders, that's not their job. Somebody actually got to stop them, too, okay? Comeback win. While we let a comeback win, Cam Newton was getting benched. Thank you, sir, and thank you, everybody that's been listening. We'll see you guys next week. Woo! Unbelievable.